You're listening to the Bass Lessons Melbourne podcast, episode 14, Hadrian Faroe. Hey guys, how you doing? Craig here from Bass Lessons Melbourne and for this player profile video I'm joined by none other than Hadrian Farrod. It is. It is? Hi. How nice are you man? You. I'm not too bad. I'm pretty, pretty, uh, you know. Pretty not too bad. Pretty. Oh, pretty. Of course. <laughs> thanks, uh, <laughs> thanks for taking the time out. I really appreciate it. Well, pleasure. Um, so for maybe some people who haven't really heard of you, would you mind just giving us a bit of a background about you and your journey as a bass player? Uh, well, uh, as of uh, today, <laughs> uh, uh, well, I started playing bass about at about nine or ten, if I remember, in the 90s, early 90s. And then, um, uh, you know, I practiced very hard at first. Uh, this is in France. This is in France. This yep. is uh, in Paris, yeah, okay. I grew, where I grew up, where, you know. And uh, my parents, uh, being musicians, you mm. know, uh, I guess it was a sort of a organic that I, uh, I started. Uh, actually, no, I was pretty much like up to nine. I wasn't really that much into music, more into movies or, you know, being an actor. Oh, yeah? And then all of a sudden, I, you know, I, I kept liking that sound on the radio that and uh and i found out it was a bass and my dad actually happened to have instruments like guitars and basses and uh and then i just said well i, I want to try that i like that sound what is it and just from from then on i just you know practiced everything yeah. i could and uh motown so music oh were you, i was gonna ask were you checking out um like stuff that was in the charts in the 90s or was it more music from your parents mm. More that, yeah. yeah. I was I was lucky enough that my dad played the right things. You know, it's yeah. really that uh, he he uh, he was always uh, into motel and old school rhythm and blues and uh, and uh, and other stuff. I mean, Sting, Police, and uh, I think and I read somewhere of Chic. Of course. Oh, that was like yeah. When I discovered that bass player Bernard Edwards, I think uh, yeah. I, this was uh, the pre Jacko. Because I, I love James Jemison and that's, yeah. you know, that's, uh, by the way, I was uh, lucky enough to actually get started with this role model. Yeah. So that's, yeah. <laughs> I think that's pretty much the best you could have to, to, to get started on, on this instrument. Yeah, Jemison. And then Bernard, I was like, wow, the, the tone and the, you know, the, the feel. punch and, yeah, yeah. and the, the feel and the ideas and all that. And then I discovered Jack, my, my dad, after two years, uh, I've been playing bass for two years, and he said, "Okay, you obviously you seem you know to be pretty into it. So here's who you have to listen to now." <laughs> and there, there, and that was it. Then that was it, and uh, and now I'm. And here. was that his? <laughs> was that his debut album? That Actually, no. That was, uh, and what I've been told, that was the last. I mean, at the time in the in the nineties was when when he brought me that CD was ninety. 96 
and the, the the CD just came out, which was the birthday concert. Ah, yeah. So, so that's my introduction to Jago yeah. Pastorius, and right after that, the the first debut yeah. album. And yeah. uh, but that was like class. Uh, how do you say when it's like like top notch? Yeah. That big band, especially this recording, was like. Man, I remember the first time I heard that as well. It was. Because up until then, my big band had been, you know, Count Basie, Ellington. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, Buddy Rich was powerful as well, but there was something different about the way that that band sounded and felt. Yeah, I mean, I mean I've been uh, obviously aware of, uh, of that too, uh, Duke and like yeah. all that. Uh, and I loved it, but when I heard that, was, uh, you know, for me, since I was a lot into... Um, I mean, I was a lot into uh, movie music, so yeah. I guess like that was more fusiony, and more fusiony appeared to be like more uh, cinematic. Cinematic, yeah, yeah. Some of the songs, like you know, maybe a Domingo or mm. or even like Three Views of a Secret. It's beautiful, punk jazz, and all that. That's that's sort of cinematic a little bit, yeah. and I, I just instantly and and everything. It's like from also I discovered Michael Brecker in there. Okay. That was really a, like I discovered many um, Peter Erskine, and so from then on I, I I grabbed everything I could on on those guys like mm. you know Jacko obviously, and that was the start of like me wanting to actually do that as a living. Yeah, cool. I think, and then then after that I, I discovered many other other sure. things styles of music I still kept like you know exploring because I. I also wanted to be as uh, versatile yep. as I could, but uh, hmm. and you were you were mainly self-taught. Uh, yeah, completely actually. Yeah, yeah, uh, up to this day. So you just learned by <laughs> by watching other bass players and. So so first was because uh, I don't know how old you are, but like I'm consider myself as the part of the last generation before YouTube. Before YouTube, or yeah. maybe not the last actually. I mean, I don't know. There was a good uh, 15 years without, and then 10 years without in internet. Yeah. So all I could do is put CDs up and like play along and stop and pause and rewind. And that was that. And, yeah. uh, and that's how I learned. And I guess the next step was for me, and actually it didn't happen for, for a long time till the moment where I actually got to see professional musicians killing, kicking ass musicians doing their thing and uh, I understood many, many things by watching them also. Mm. And by the way, the Jacko things, I mean, I bought that, you know, instructional video from 85. Uh, modern Electric Bass? Yeah, Modern Electric Bass. I bought it after maybe three, four years after shedding his stuff already. And so I discovered some of uh, the shapes and how, you know, the fingering of some things like, you and know. Had you learned it differently by, by year? There was, there was different stuff, but I was pretty glad that I, you know, for a little kid, I mm. could figure it he out. Had quite. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was. I remember being also uh, sort of uh, trying to check out, like you know, okay, does he have big hands? And then somebody told me that later yeah. on. And uh, I can I mean, I don't have big hands, but like apparently, I mean, I, I could stretch. I was a, uh, you know, that was my thing. Also, I was trying to find interesting in intervals and I mean he was saying all that in his video yeah then it was um, many things it was just Jacko you know you know people um, 
when they know well, the young players today I have to say when they when fortunately they know of Jacko because I, I feel like you know some young players today and I'm talking like players like age 15 up to 22 mm-hmm. a lot of them like it went passed over their, their head like they're more into like recent players which I understand so sure but to me Jacko was never out of a out of fashion it's it's still, still what like, is today like it's it's is not like when i hear jacko you don't go like yeah it's still a little bit dated no it's still relevant i mean yeah and 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 but but right away what struck me at the time was a uh, you know not even only his technical technical abilities but it's like more like the tone which was incredible and coming from a motown rhythm and blues background i it, it, it kicked me the same way that, you know, it did from my dad back in the 70s mm-hmm. where, what the hell is that? Like, you know, this, this but I think sound. J- I think Jacko also came from a kind of rhythm and blues. It did, yeah, of yeah. course. But like, I didn't know, my dad raised me like he, he like, like, like himself. So he played me the stuff and yeah. I didn't know anything else. Sure. I didn't know anything about Victor Wooten, Marcus Miller, uh, uh, Stanley. Or Jeff Berlin. Gary Willis and all those guys, I knew them after Jacko. Okay, yeah. So I started with actually James Jamerson, Bernard Edwards. The only recent, ba- I mean recent, I mean <laughs> after Jacko bass player was Nathan East that I also was cool. a yeah. good inspiration for me. But that's it. And then I discovered Jacko right after that. So it kicked me yeah. in the head like as, yeah. Yeah, as much as it did for people in the 70s. So... I decided to work on that, and I, I was uh, I was just blown away with the with the chord thing, the little notes that he would put, like the IDs, the lines, mm. the like how he would create some bass lines, and obviously, yeah, obviously he could also fly, yeah. which was impressive. <clears throat> but people today sometimes they refer to Jacko as a, you know, being able to, I mean, being a virtuoso. Which actually is not the point, because it's so much more. Is first of all, I mean, I, I was geeking out about the, all the credits on the album, and like, I was like, wow, he 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 actually arranged that yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. So that was it. I mean, the bar was set, yeah. and that's what I what aspire to be. Yeah. And you're here in Melbourne this week playing, you know, some of his legacy with the the Zaminal yeah legacy. Some of his prime. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how did you? How did? Um, how did you get involved with the the Zabinol legacy? Uh, it's uh, thanks to Scott Kinsey. Yep. You know who plays key, keys in uh, in the band, and uh, we uh, we you know we were already working together uh, when I got to Los Angeles uh, since two thousand ten, and uh, we were you know we knew each other. I reached out to it to him uh, ever since like two thousand eight or something. When I, you know, when I started really like exploring Los Angeles, and then I, I made, I started to connect with, you know, mm-hmm. the most uh, uh, great musician that you know uh, I looked up to, uh, and Scott, obviously, I mean, being uh, an absolute, uh, absolute hardcore Zawinul fan myself. I mean, I, I actually, Joe Zawinul is my, my, you know, my hero, maybe even more than Jacko. Wow. Okay. But I mean, I said I said maybe, but like it, it's a huge uh, part of my yeah. 
you know, the, the reason why, I would say. So uh, I was aware about, the, you know, of Scott and I love his work and I, he takes the Joe thing like mm. further and he, he has his own thing too. And uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, actually, it's like me. I don't know if we take it further because those guys had everything. It's it's ama amazing. Every time I, I listen back to the, to that stuff in the seventies, we didn't invent anything. Like there was, I, I feel like there, there was like not nothing has been that revolutionary ever since. In, but not, I mean, in the whole, in the whole, uh, you know, business. Yeah. So we're just like trying to do or thing with that. And so that's how I got involved. One day he called me, I think three and a half years ago. And apparently they've been doing that because, uh, you know, Tony Zawinul, uh, uh, Joe's son, was, uh, you know, starting to organize a, a legacy band for his dad that had passed. And then uh, he put together a first band, which uh, I think was composed of uh, Alfonso Johnson, mm. uh, Chester Thompson, and Scott on keys. And, uh, You know, maybe Wayne. Uh, not sure about Wayne, because I heard he doesn't. He doesn't really want to have to do with that anymore. <laughs> I mean, but then uh, uh, you know they toured. They did a little first uh, thing, and then I think they wanted something fresher, or maybe just they couldn't have those guys come the Long whole time, time on yeah. tour, and so they were just starting to put a new band together. Yeah, cool. And uh, I think Matt Garrison couldn't do a gig because Matt was uh, the original bass player after Alfonso. Right. And so Scott called me. Cool. And, and I said, yes. It's good to be... Um, that's you know, me. <laughs> it's good to be Matt Garrison and then Hadrian. Yeah, that's a good... Well, and Matt, Alfonso Johnson. <laughs> and plus, uh, also I have to say that Matt uh, uh, is uh, later on a uh, huge inspiration sure. of mine. Yeah. You know, after Jacko, I mean, yeah. It's a, so it's a, it's pretty uh, <laughs> Yeah. And amazing. You, I guess you followed in his footsteps with John McLaughlin or was it vice versa? Oh, no, no, no. Uh, you know, Matt is older and he played in the, the late 90s with right. John and I played with, you know, I played with John in 2007. Okay. Was yeah. that kind of your first big, would you say your first Complete. big gig? Oh yeah, that was my first, completely, that was my first, yeah. that was my, my introduction. And was that, um, how did you handle it? I mean, were you, hmm. or was yeah, it just... Yeah, a little bit, yeah. of course. And, uh, and, and John has been a huge influence because also my dad, you know, John was uh, one of the artists that my dad would uh, make me aware of. Maya Vishnu? Maya Vishnu. And then uh, actually, I was actually uh, uh, a fan of uh, Heart of Things. Yeah. With Dennis and uh, on drums and uh, yeah. and Gary Thomas and uh, and, uh, and uh, Jim Beard, Ot Mero, Ot Mero, uh, Ruse that you know, uh, and all those guys were like and Matt. Uh, that's the first time I discovered him. I remember, and then you know, and then I wanted to play with with John too. I was like, that was my, one of my dreams. So, cool. <laughs> so yeah, that was pretty uh, uh, intense when uh, I got the call. I was in the street, by the way, I was, uh, that's funny, I was hanging with Don Inigli Piazza. Yeah. And I get the call from John McLaughlin and, uh, <laughs> and I answered really calm, but I was, but then when I, when I hung up, I was like, you won't believe who just called me. <laughs> <laughs> 
and so that was a yeah great experience yeah i'm sure yeah. it must have been yeah yeah mm. um wh- what kind of musical situation would you say you're most happy in you know would it be something like tonight where it's fairly improvised based but with structure or is it being a band leader you know doing your own thing or the side man where you just got to turn up and lay it down what's i really love both i have to say i like being a sideman because um more and more i mean in uh in of course i haven't uh really be i haven't really been a, a leader yet okay of course i put things together a lot and uh even uh, 10 years ago i had my band and uh but i, I mean I'm, I'm i'm by the way i'm going back to it now i'm yeah. you know, i'm putting a band together and uh you know, I uh, you know I have new management, and uh, we're looking yep. for. So yeah, so uh, as far as my favorite situation, yes, this is one of my favorite. Differently, like tonight, structure yeah. and free, and mm. then we create. Then this is my this is everybody's favorite. I think, I mean, maybe not everybody, but like you know, players with abilities, sure, and uh, you know, player that are able to. They like to create music on the spot and make things happen organically. Yeah, this is a ideal situation. Yeah, you play the song, we all know the song, and then let the magic happen. So, sure, this is and plus, plus the music we're playing is my kind of music, Bible. Yeah, weather report, but also well, people know less about that. I love many other things, and I can play many other things like. Exactly. When I play with a you know, Lyric Nauer or Dean Brown or you know many other like local artists, uh, whether it is in France, uh, U.S. or even like you know Eastern Europe, there's many other styles. And unfortunately, you know that's the thing. But we'll talk about that later <laughs> about YouTube. Yeah. Uh, all you can see mainly is my soloing. You know. But it's a thing. So now you know. Now, uh, you know, what people would be actually people are sometimes surprised to to see me play in a few bands. Yeah. And the way I play. Uh, do you, Do you find that that is um, heightened being in LA? Like, is it is the the industry and the scene in LA kind of more intense in the way that you're either at, at a chops player or you're a pocket player and mm. that's it and but obviously you can do both yeah yeah and how's that you know i'm, oh, I'm kind of curious with that balance between you know having artistic freedom of speech so to so to speak and then playing a, a motown gig which you both which i'm sure you love almost equally i'm ha- I'm, I'm i'm as you know i'm, I'm uh yeah content to play to play a gig where i'm not taking one single solo sure and I'm um, doing Motown music as uh, this gig where I took like three or four solos a night and yeah. uh, and playing 16th yeah, yeah. with a mid sound. It's just, you gotta, you gotta just fit the music, but this is uh, uh, back to the point. Yeah, obviously, yeah, it's, it is frustrating for players like me. Yeah. Because up to this day, there are people saying that I don't groove which they completely don't get it because this is my first thing. 
they, they some and, and those who get to see me in some gigs then mm. are it's like they just fell they just uh, how do you say oh i was going to say a french expression translated to english which was not going to work <laughs> so i'm going to try to find the right expression but they're like they seem really surprised and they're like oh so oh wow you you're really uh, laying it down too but actually that's what i was doing before being even able to improvise sure so this is my first thing you yeah. know now i sound like i'm justifying <clears throat> myself i actually am you know i'm not going to say much about it and one day this is going to come out i'm just going to it'll happen eh, you know yeah. i don't care i know it's and i know what i do what i'm able to do and 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 and, and the how do you say the range that i have to to show right. and actually it's cool because like people discover me i feel like that that's that's also another which is leading to another thing i'm not really present i don't post my own a lot of my own yeah things that's mainly people posting things of me sure because i don't want to give away too much because i want to people to discover me in the right way you know yeah yeah in, in like situation so because your your latest album born in the 90s that's almost well I would say it's kind of like a modern pop record in, in some respects but yeah with you know obviously your voice and, and, and elements in it it's my voice and like obviously it's I, I I wouldn't play this way everywhere in every situation this sure. is also one thing you know this yeah, is yeah. okay I'm trying to mix up and I don't even think about it I just do what's good for the music cool I mean I try to I don't pretend to actually so that's <laughs> But if I had to play on a, say tomorrow, like D'Angelo calls me, people would be surprised because they wouldn't even know it's me. Like I would not have the same tone that I have in those yeah. albums. Yeah. With a, I just try to fit what's best for the music sure. and like more and more I understand because, you know, I guess uh, that's why I don't blame young players for like, you know, they, you have to do your experience, you have to play a lot of notes you have to try things out and what you practice and then at some point you're going to understand it's by its, itself yeah. and like more and more i'm taking a lot of notes off yeah and i keep them for my solos when i have a solo and uh yeah if you don't understand that at 35 maybe there's a problem yeah. but up to 25 that's okay you know what i mean so like get it all out of your system yeah get get it and like yeah and make yourself like maybe known and like show your abilities and then once you're established think about only the music and that's it mm -hmm. so do you feel like you're a real different player now from your for example your first album oh yeah yeah oh yeah like I don't even recommend people to listen to my first album I wish I mean yeah that was a try a first nice try you sure. know it's like yeah I was uh, some of those do songs it and, and move on and it's, you know. yeah I, I mean I, like I said some of those songs I was like 19 oh. when I recorded them and I composed them so that's a mix of like between 19th and 22 yeah uh, which can you you can imagine the yeah the path that I've done ever since like uh, sure I needed to yeah I need well I need you know I was obviously a lot into uh, you can hear, you know, that I was uh, mm -hmm. wanting to do, a, like, uh, I don't want to call it jazz rock or whatever. I mean, I don't want to, 
I mean, I, well, I don't know. There's no rule, but, uh, you know, I think up to, I think people should wait, you know, for the de debut album is something sort of important. So maybe. Mm. Well, I just did mine last week and I'm 34. So. Well, congrats, man. Yeah, thanks. So there you go. No, but <laughs> but it, it, it took me that long to finally have something mm. that I felt I could put really say yeah. that so, was worthy. You know, I mean, yeah. I mean, do what you feel. I guess, you know, people, some people like this album. I can't really listen to. Yeah. And I mean, you look different now than you did then as well. Also. Is there, um, <laughs> do you want to talk a little bit about, is there a connection you feel between physical fitness and musical fitness? Or is uh -huh. it, you know, like do you, do you find that you know being uh, more active is better for you musically, or is there any downsides? Well, uh, not doing the thing you love, like if oh, how am I gonna see my English? Sometimes this is a bad day, but that's okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you have to do what you love, um, uh, but not constantly. Sure. Because it will, if you do it, if you do it the whole time, and this is all you think about, you're gonna plateau. And I feel like when you inject a few other things, you take a break from what you love the most. You got come, you come back fresher. But like I'm right now, I'm saying just something that no, no, I, I understand. Duh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, the the fitness, yeah, it helps me to just think about. Uh, other things really like energy and like feel better obviously when I mean exercising is uh, no questions asked that yep. makes you feel brighter it's not only looking good and buff or whatever but it's also I mean you do, obviously when you started as a when I started that's because I was insecure I was too too skinny and I wanted to be buff but then you discover that it's much more than that so now that's I do it not only to be uh and first of all, now I only maintain myself. I don't want to get any sure. bigger because you know I'm not a, I, I'm not a bodybuilder. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a pro a fitness <coughs> whatever. I'm a musician, but I just want to be. And by the way, you get inspired also by sometimes I go to the gym and I I think that's when I that's where I have the time to think a lot about mm, things. You kind of clear your mind somewhat. It clear sometimes it just unlock things yeah and something you know maybe things become clearer or you didn't want to call someone and then you call them or it, it's, you know it's yeah. anything okay and why, why haven't done that before what's blocking me i'm just gonna do it and then and you do it yeah and it's it's weird like that so yeah cool yeah, it's a, it's good to have something else like whether or not it's fitness, but you can draw, you can uh, do uh, I don't know if you're you're good at uh, cooking or or driving are you good fast at cooking cars. Or, I mean, your French cooking and driving are too really. Oh, well, <laughs> no, well, that, you you'd be surprised on that too. That's a legend <laughs> on many French. Uh, but yeah, I mean, reading. I mean, you know, uh, if your thing is like video games, whatever. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know uh, something just something something yeah i mean just traveling yeah. for i mean we travel with music so mm. that's cool that's usually musicians don't travel much aside from gigs because they're already so much on the road yeah those who are on the road a lot yeah i mean sometimes you may want to take some time off somewhere else but sure uh 
it's always good to have uh, something, uh, 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 an exit, e exit, sorry, exit. Yeah, exactly. So then when you come back to it, you feel more. Feel better. Mm. Um, there's a few videos kicking around of you with Federico. Mm -hmm. you, can you Who's that? Federico Malaman. Federico who? <laughs> who? Federico the man, Malaman. Ma Ma okay. I don't know. He's, I think he skinny guy, right? Yeah. Skinny guy, okay. two-string bass. Can't groove much, like he's no playing. pocket. He doesn't know harmony he's much. He's always huh? super serious. Yeah, he's always super. Yeah, he's sort of a uh, boring. Yeah, a little bit. And, um, and yeah, what? Um, yeah, uh, Ukrainian guy, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, <laughs> he's gonna be uh, watching that. What? Um, how can you talk a little bit about your connection with Federico and and what? what you dig about him. I mean, obviously he's incredible, but uh, you know, what's, how did that collaboration come around and stuff? First of all, we're both straight. I want to, I want to clear that out. Both straight? Okay. Both straight, yeah. Okay. We, we like women. I think he does. <laughs> but I think so, I mean. So, <laughs> uh, the, the connection, well, he's an amazing musician. Mm. And that's what I, uh, it's it's only why it's possible both for him and for me is because we uh, both respect and appreciate each other as musicians. The fact that we play bass is just only a a, bo a bonus. Yeah, a, yeah. I mean, not a coincidence. Obviously, we check. I mean, you know, we check other bass players out. But like, I want to say, and this is not an arrogant statement. At a certain level, I think that a, a musician, whatever he plays checks out everything as opposed to only their own instrument and like well yeah i mean that, that's you should be doing that even from the word go you know from from what you from, said from the start you should from be. the start yeah i mean it's hard to understand that at first and you should probably yeah yeah uh there's there's a with federico obviously uh uh and you know i met him i think in germany uh Frankfurt music mess the music mess the music mess <laughs> it, it is a mess wow. like the NAMM show and all that but it's really fun but uh, so I, I, we, I met him because uh, you know he came to me once and he said that I really liked my work and to me I mean you know sometimes I try to protect myself you know because sometimes people are a little, little rude and intense in their approach okay uh, and it happens to all the players that have so sort of a following like that so sometimes people you know you give them that and they take this and then you gotta tell them hey man you know yeah uh, chill out you know so but this guy was never like that he was just you know every now and then he would tell me hey man you know just want to ch shake your hand and really like you and then he started cracking jokes and i was like what <laughs> you know he was funny but i never heard him play Right. And he really wanted to play, so okay, let's you know we get to jam, and I I didn't think anything at first, and then we start jamming, and I and uh, I, I got caught off guard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and then I I put my thing back my, myself back together, and I was like, oh shit, wow, shit, okay, oh okay, <laughs> okay, wow, and. Uh, that happens rarely like that, yeah, you know? Yeah. So this guy could really play, but could re also really listen. Yeah. Had a great time, like timing. Uh, great jokes? Uh, I mean, the jokes I knew. 
Okay. You know, he was talking a lot about, you know, porn things and uh, yeah. pizza and, you know, pasta <laughs> and Italian guys, you know, sure. like regular. And I'm half Italian, so I, I could relate a lot, you know. But then I hear him play and, I, and then I'm like, wow, you do that too? And you can play like that? Amazing. Wow. And then we started, um, you know, we started playing every time we, we, we you know, we met at Frankfurt yeah, or yeah. some other nah, whatever right. base congress. You know, and uh, the more and more, like I see, you know, we have the same language, and what I also like, and this is also the main reason why I love to play with him. We don't play the same way. Mm. He, I mean, and now he's becoming now that he's becoming also a bass star. Mm. He would say the same thing, but you know, as you know, I the buzz, you know, the buzz about me was made pretty early. You know, fairly. When I was 21, and then I started having followers, and uh, you know, I really uh, thank you know whoever is in the sky for it. But uh, I started having followers and guys that really like what I did, and then guys trying to really play like me too, which is really flattering at first. But at a certain point, you when you get to play on in those events with people, you want somebody that actually gives you an answer and not what you just said. Yeah, yeah. So I. I respect, and I was one of these two with Matt Garrison, Jeff Berlin. I literally, you know, ripped off a lot of their phrases. But very soon, very, very quickly, I understood that I had to turn what I ripped off into my thing. Yeah. Problem is, today there are guys that don't do that. They stay stuck on one person. Sometimes they take, I actually take one person, and mm. that's going to be their role model. That's and it. they're going to, like, literally play like another guy. And so I have a few of these, mm-hmm. and it's weird for me. It's really flattering, but at at at, at the same time, I'd be honest, it but it bothers me, mm. and I can't play, and I I become uh, self conscious, mm. and I'm like because you're trying to do something different, and, and to, yeah, and so. I, and literally I can't play. Yeah, right. There was that young kid that must be tw- 19 that I you know I saw and uh, I hang with uh, not so long ago at a jazz camp, and this guy can really play. <laughs> He's got a real talent, but he's playing all my stuff. Really? And when I and, and I was like, ah, I was sort of okay. What do I play now? Yeah. You know, and I and at the it's same a, time, I'm I'm like flattered, but I. I it's know, a really unique situation to find yourself in. Yeah, and I haven't. I never said. I never talk. I don't care about like no opening up. I I don't care. But I, I'll tell you straight up. It, it's bothering me at the same time. I want to play. Like it's like let me play my stuff. Yeah, and I understand you like me, but like, what do you have to say? Yeah, try to do your own stuff. You know, when I was your age, I was already starting to really have your own voice. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So don't linger too much on one guy. Mm. Uh, so back to Federico, he never did that. Yeah, and now you know he understands that because some guy are trying to do that with him too, and why we love to play with each other, we respect each other's work, and sometimes we even like. Sometimes he plays some stuff, and I go on YouTube, and I'm like, "Wait, what is that?" <laughs> and I, I learn from him too. Yeah, and and probably vice versa. You yeah. Share well, which he, well, from what he say, he tells me. So we we love what we do, but yeah. then never ever we will play, you know, like each other. Yeah. Except if we are quoting each other, which is a fun thing. <laughs> so that's what I loved about him. You know, uh, so and uh, and uh, and I think yeah, we we have the same. He's really quick. He listens. Mm. I love that. I respect that much. Yeah, 
I, I don't want to keep you too much longer because I know you've got a show to get ready for and it's... I mean, I guess we have uh, a few more minutes few if minutes? you want. Yeah, yeah. Is there, um, so what's kind of next for you in terms of your music and, and other things you're involved in? So there's going to be a few things. I mean, there's a, a pretty nice, actually, tour that's uh, coming up uh, with uh, Hiromi. Yeah, mm -hmm. cool. So she, now, she plays here quite a lot for the festival, Jess. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, this is going to be my first time, so I'm a little nervous because the music <laughs> is uh, quite uh, intense. Simon Phillips? Yeah. And, uh, and the situation is actually also delicate because I'm uh, subbing for Anthony Jackson, which is also one of my yeah. hands-down biggest influence. In, uh, uh, he definitely has his own voice. And, and, and nobody tries to do what he does. And that's crazy, by the way, because, I mean, I think nobody else can... can no. You know, it's, it's um, I mean, pretty amazing. And um, so, yeah, he's, he, was, he was having uh, health problem, issues and... Uh, oh. So uh, he can't make this tour. So I'm lucky enough that I, I you cool. know, get the call for that. So it's uh, gonna be. So you're gonna be shedding for that. Yeah, I I have been shedding, <laughs> <laughs> and this is my first time announcing that too because like I you know, another another thing about me I I. Uh, you know, having gigs and all that, you know, uh, I don't like uh, to to make a big deal out of it. Because when you work hard and when you're good at what you do, that should be, and when you're a nice guy, professional, that should be normal that you work. That you're gigging, so yeah. people sometimes they're making a big deal on social media and they really want a lot of attention. So they are announcing that like maybe three months in advance. Oh, I just got the gig for this. I mean, just, you know, for me, I, I like to be low profile. And then when it's the first day of the gig, I, I announce it and that's what it is. That's it. And then... Man, you're you're not never never even sure that you're gonna stay on the gig. Well, that's it. <laughs> Especially for me, because I mean, I, I guess <laughs> I didn't I, I didn't actually so far I was I mean I didn't really kept a gig that long, but like you know, uh, you know for many reasons. But uh, I I really like to be uh, just simple about it. That's one gig. I'm really happy about it, and then yeah, cool. I, I I'm already thinking of the next thing. Yeah. So two thousand. 17 I'm trying really to be about my music yeah and and obviously I'll keep playing with people I love you mm -hmm. know hopefully Lyric Nauer and uh, Dean Brown and uh, Zawinul Legacy and, uh, yeah. and other great musicians there's a uh, West Coast Get Down sometime oh, Kamasi Washington Mosley? Is that his thing? but Miles yeah Miles is the main bass player for that and uh, Stephen Thundercat and sometimes they call me, so good. You know, I'll <laughs> yeah. do it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that sounds like a fun gig. Those are amazing musicians. Uh, so you got fact. like a, some new material for an album, or fronting your own band, more of a live thing? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I and uh, I'm also uh, preparing a third album. Mm. You know, uh, so I always have a few things. I'm, uh, you know, but uh, yeah, the focus is really much. I, I'm starting my. For good, like I'm, I'm starting my my real art artist cool. career. Finally, now you think that you've got yeah stuff together you want to say. Yeah, I, I feel more ready actually. Also, yeah, maybe it's it's hard. It's it to handle. Like when, when, be, being a leader is like either you really mm. you really uh, how do you how do you say that dive in dive in 
you can't half ass it. It's, it's yeah. impossible, and it's a lot Cause, of Because you, you know, yeah. you've got other musicians' careers in your yeah. not in your hands, but you're responsible for other people. Oh, yeah. You know, instead of just do you have other guys lined up or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I have a few ideas already, but uh, yeah. you know, there's great musicians that some of them are in my album. Uh, so cool. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I know that. Uh, they're also very busy, so obviously it's that being a leader also is a exactly. m putting lineups together and it changes over all the time unless this is something you have to put like your ego back a little bit because unless you become to you know to be a yourself like you you become to be a a, a gig that's like uh, important enough for other musicians yeah. I mean, if these guys get offered a, a tour with yeah, somebody like Hiromi or whatever, then yeah, you, like you Marcus would, or you'd, 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 and you would kind of understand that they would take that. Or, of course, yeah, exactly. it's, if you want the good players, they're always busy. And because also, I want to be able to do that myself. If yeah. I play with someone, you know, I will. Hey, uh, Herbie or whoever, just you know, sure. can I do that? So that's one thing that's really actually hard. If you have a big ego and like, oh wait a minute, you're gonna be a you know. Mm. You're gonna be crushed if someone don't play with you because they go to play with a uh, Keith Jarrett. <laughs> Who? <laughs> Keith, uh, yeah, whatever. Uh, you know, soprano uh, clarinet player. <laughs> soprano clarinet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, so that's one thing that I know I'm gonna have to deal with. And uh, but fortunately, I mean, what's a good thing is uh, having a, man a, man a managing company. Okay. That's that. That's it. Cool, man. Well, I really appreciate you taking time. Well, thank you for been, uh, the interest. Yeah, it's thank been you. fascinating. Guys, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Um, and we'll see you next time.